You're listening to the River City Church Podcast. Our desire is that you know Jesus, experience freedom, find community, and discover purpose. For more information, check us out on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co. If it's your first time at Gather, welcome. Um, you know, Gather is special a, a special event that we hold yearly, and, and really it's just an opportunity that I just, I want to gather with women here around our community and worship Jesus together, get in the word together, um, have some good time at the end. I really want to encourage you. I just, I really believe that the Lord has something for you. So we're going to have a time to pray together, and then we always have time to eat together. So uh, hang out at the end. We'd love to, to meet and greet you um, at the end, and I'm excited. I'm excited to dig into God's word. And But first, before I get started, I do have to think, we had like such an awesome team that did such a beautiful job coming early and setting this up. So if we can give them a, a thank you for doing that. They, I tell you what, we have like the best hors d'oeuvres around. So you wait. We always have the most delicious food. And then we got to give a shout out. We got some men in the house that showed up and helped us ladies. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not one that's like, I have to have an all-woman team. I'm like, hey, men, come along our side. Like, we, we need each other. I love, we have awesome men in the house that took time out to help us ladies tonight. So I, I appreciate, that, pre- appreciate them. But all right, I'm excited. I'm going to jump right into the word because I'm excited to unpack what he's uh, placed in my heart. And then again, we're going to have a great time of ministry together. So we are going to jump right in. And uh, the title that the Lord put on my heart tonight is a, a word I believe is from him, and that is what side of the river are you living on? What side of the river are you living on? And we're going to go right to Joshua 24. And that is Joshua 24, uh, verse 2 through 3. And it says, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor. They dwell on the other side of the river in Old times. Can someone say old times? Old times. And they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river and I led him. And I, I feel like in 2024, God wants to take you from the other side of the river in old times. And he wants to lead you into the new. And my decree over you in 2024 is a few verses after that. It's Joshua 24, 14. And it says, this is what Joshua, so that was a word from the Lord. He said, I'm taking you from the old times, from the old way of living, and I'm going to cross you over to the other side of the river. So then God, and then Joshua stands up and says, now, therefore, so this is my decree over you ladies tonight. Therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the God which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. That is my decree for you in 2024 to to stand up, to to go from the old things, the old way of living, because God has something new. He has something fresh to pour out over you on the other side of the river. And I want to, what does it look like to be on the other side of the river one second. This is what I get from using my laptop. There we go. Um, and the other, so we're going to go to Deuteronomy 11, chapter 11, verse 10. 
It says, for the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot. So um, as a vegetable garden. So what does it look like to live in the old time? So the Israelites, they were slaves. They were in bondage and they were, um, they were in a desert. So I don't know if, if, if any of you tonight feel like you kind of are living in dry land a little bit, even though it's really snowy out there and wet, but that's okay. No, but they, the Israelites were in bondage. They lived, so in order, so they lived in a desert. And so in order to get uh, water, actual water in the land, it said they had to do it by foot. So that, to, like, that represents doing things in our own strength, it is a drag. We're exhausted. The, again, these are the Israelites. So that was them in the past in the old way. And God, this is what the Lord said. So again, that represents, so them have, they had to water it by foot as a vegetable garden. So again, doing things in our own strength. It took a lot of work, exhaustion. Things weren't moving the way that they wanted it to. So they, they physically had, that's how they produced, it, uh, produced water in their land. And so this is what the Lord said to them. In verse 11 through 12, but he said, but the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. So the Israelites, they had to produce this water. Again, they were in the desert. There wasn't natural water. And the way they had to do it was by foot. It took a lot of effort. Um, and the Lord gave them a word that he said, I, you cross over, the rain from heaven is going to be your, rain, or your water now. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to, I'm tired of living stuff in my own strength, my own ability. And God wants to pour out heavenly rain over your household, over your family, over your kids, over your businesses. Does anyone receive that tonight? So he wants to pour out heavenly rain. So he wants to take us from the other side of the river where it's effort, ability, things are a struggle. And he wants to pour out heavenly rain over you. So you can be the mom that you're called to be. He wants to pour out heavenly wisdom over your businesses, heavenly grace over your households. So ladies, it's time for heavenly rain to be poured out into our city, into our community. And I, I just have to tell you though, I, if, when we're crossing over to the other side, your past can't come with you. Shame, it can't come with you. Come on, fear can't come with you. Sickness can't come with you. Insecurity can't come to that other side along with you. And it's time to dwell on the other side of the river. And I have a few, a few points for you ladies tonight. So how do we know? So the old way of living, again, whether that's addiction, whether that's struggle, whether that's depression, whether that's fatigue, how do we then dwell on the other side of the river? I'm gonna give you a few points that I feel like are crucial for us to dwell on the other side of the river. And the first thing is <clears throat> we have to realize that we are uncommon. We, you, you're called, you're set apart, you're chosen. You're not called to live on the other side of the river like in old times, because we have to understand that we are called and chosen by God. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never heard about the true Jesus that created you, that called you before you were formed in your mother's womb. You are uncommon. We have to understand that. We are called to live an uncommon life. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you 
out of darkness, come on, on the other side of the river, and into his marvelous light. So it says that you're a chosen generation, a holy nation. What does holy mean? It means, what does it mean to God? It means it's different from common, cut out from the ordinary, cut above the rest. That's who we are as God's children. And you are made in the image of God. So we have to realize we're uncommon. We're set apart. That's who he created us to be. And in Genesis 1.26, it says, God said, let us, I want you to understand who, who, how you're created here. God said, let us make man in our own image. We are made in the image of God. Come on, we're, we're set apart to do what he's called us to do. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You got You've got dominion over creeps. Amen. Okay. I think we've all heard that joke over that verse, but it's hard not to say it. You just have to. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them male and female. Let's get that right. Male and female. He created us. Come on. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of who he's called me to be. We got to get our identity right. But in order to stay and dwell on the other side of the river, we have to know we're uncommon. We're chosen. We're set apart. That's who he created you to be. And you don't belong on the other side of the river. You know, my daughter uh, came home one time and uh, she shared a comment to me and um, it had something to do with like our culture. She had a question and I hadn't yet quite discussed what she had, at, what someone had mentioned to her. So rather than like freaking out, like, oh no, what am I going to say back to her and how I haven't yet talked to her about this. I just kind of just let the Holy Spirit and, and he just peacefully spoke to me. He said, why don't you ask her about that question that was um, spoken to her about that statement? And so I just, again, rather than being like, oh, that's not true, whatever, I wanted to hear from my daughter. And I said, Lizzie, well, how did that statement, what did you think about that? What did you feel? And she was able to tell me right away, she goes, that was not, I didn't feel that was right. And she didn't, she didn't exactly use the word peace, but I remember her saying something like, it didn't, it didn't feel right. That wasn't right. And I told her, and it had something to do with her identity. And I told her, I go, that's right. Because I, you know, I have to understand when we speak God's word and truth to our kids, sometimes you feel like, are they even getting it? Like, are they understanding it? But we have to realize as we declare God's word, there's seeds that are planted. So this had to do with our identity. Again, rather than putting mom's own words, and even though if it would be from the word of God, I wanted to hear her heart. And she said that, I didn't feel peace. I go, that's right, that's the Holy Spirit. We have, to, we have to know who we are, our identity. If we're to live on the other side of the river, we have to know that we're uncommon. So right away, she, she goes, that, that wasn't correct. I go, you've got the Holy Spirit. That's right, because we have the Holy Spirit that speaks truth to us, that tells us our identity, that tells us who we are. So I love that. So we have to understand we are uncommon. We are chosen. Our identity is in him. You know, I don't know what the enemy has been whispering to you, but in reality, he is fearful of you rising up and you being the daughter that God has called you to be. He is fearful of you knowing that I am made in the image of God. He doesn't want us to walk on the other side of the river. He doesn't want us to walk. It says that we are called to walk in dominion in this earth and authority in this earth. And I can tell you that there's an enemy that does not want us to do that. But if we're to dwell on the other side of the river, we have to know we're uncommon. We're chosen. We're set apart to do what he's called us to be, to live how he's called us to be. And um, let me, uncommon is choosing God's side of the river. 
Uncommon is living a life set apart unto him. Uncommon is choosing to forgive. Uncommon is to walk in peace and joy even while you're going through hell. Uncommon is walking in integrity. Uncommon is living in faith when the report tells you something else. Following the crowd is what's common. Come on, following the culture is what's common. That's why I declare God's word over my kids and then to hear Lizzie say, That's, that wasn't right. That's why we don't have to follow what the culture tells us who we are. We wanna follow what God's word says we are. Living a life in fear is common. Come on, comparing yourself to others is what's common, but you are uncommon and set apart for his glory. Number two, in order to really live on the other side of the river, and this really is the most important thing, is first things first. Uh, we have to have our spiritual life in order for things to flow in our life. That, uh, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We have to have our spiritual life in order for everything else to flow. Uh, we cannot live, we just, we can't live a life apart from him. It, we weren't created for that. We're gonna feel lost, exhausted, fearful. So whenever any of those things come up, we know we're living on the wrong side of the river because it, and really first things first is coming, it's in his presence. It's putting him, placing him first, uh, spending time. And that could look, that's first thing. And I can't afford not to spend time with him in the morning. I can't afford not to put my, um, you know, as we pray as a family, what God has wants us to do or, take this job or that. I, I, it's first things first is presenting it to our father and being led by him. We've got to come back first things first. We've got to get our spiritual life back in order for everything else to flow. And, um, and I really feel like we have communion with him is so important. What does communion mean? It means unity. We've got to have unity with our heavenly father. That's where we get life from. Unity and um, communion means fellowship. God wants to restore our fellowship back with him tonight. God, uh, communion means friendship with him. He wants to restore our friendship back with our father, our heavenly father. <clears throat> In Matthew 6, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things are gonna be added. At all, not just some things, all everything will be added as we seek him first, as we spend time with him, as we get in his word. Come on, as we find out who we are in him, as we find out, as we seek him first, everything else will be added. That is a promise from the Lord. Uh, I'm gonna share this story of these two sisters. And it gives us a good example of what seeking him first or not looks like, but it's in Luke 10, 38. And um, now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. So she sat at his feet and, was, and heard his word. But Martha was distracted by much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And none of us have done that. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. It's, I, I thought like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. No, it's Martha, Martha. No, that's where. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing, come on, first things first, is needed. One thing is needed, ladies. 
I don't know what, how this is going to happen. And I don't know what I'm going to do about this and my kids and my family and my job. I don't know. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. You know, I just feel like if we just work all the time, like we feel like we're going to accomplish this and I need to accomplish that. And that's, it's good to be a, a hard worker. We want to be a hard worker. But first things first. You know, with Martha, I, I look at the scripture Martha, for one, she, she didn't rest first. And I'm wondering, here's Jesus is coming into her house. Jesus, the one that raises people from the dead and heals and the blind eyes are open. Like this Jesus is coming to my house. I'm, I'm wondering too, and she's trying to serve and work. And I don't know, maybe she's leading out of perfectionism. Jesus is coming. I got to have everything perfect. I got to serve. I got to do this. Exhausting. That is Exhausting. So either she was leading with perfectionism, I got to have everything perfect in my life. Jesus is here, I got to do this. That is exhausting. One thing he desires is that we seek at his feet. We spend time in his presence. He cares more about you being with him than what you can do for him. He doesn't want your perfection. We're perfected in him anyway. So we get sit at his feet, get filled up. But so Martha didn't rest first. Let's see the fruit that came from her. Her fruit, it says that she was distracted by much serving. So we think busy, busy all the time. She was distracted. <clears throat> she, uh, she blamed others. My sister, could you not tell her to help me? Man, when we don't seek first him, we blame everyone else for what we're lacking. And that's really an insecurity. When we're, when we're uh, so she was blaming others. So when we don't feel like everything else is in order, my husband's not doing this my kids. Like, so we're, you know, they're, we're in control of our own attitude, but first things first is to sit at his feet. So she was distracted out of her busyness, out of not sitting at his feet. First things first, she blamed others for her issues in her life. Um, and then Jesus said, you were worried and troubled about many things. That is the fruit of not first things first. So when we're distracted, when we're worried, all that, we have to realize we're living from the wrong side of the river. But first things first. So we have to know how to rest well, ladies, first, so then we can lead well. We got to learn how to rest well in him so we can lead well. We have to know how to rest well and then know when to rest and then when, know, know when to work. But when we work first, we're leading out of frustration. We're getting irritable with everybody else. It's their fault that this isn't working in my life. So we want to rest well so we can lead well. And I love in Joshua in the beginning, it said that God took him from the other side and led Abraham through. When we rest well, we are Holy Spirit well. When we rest in his presence, we're able to be led by the Spirit. So when we're not resting well, we will be led by our emotions. We're going to be led by the culture around us. We're going to be led by fear. When we rest well in him, our businesses, we can lead well. When we rest well in him, we, we can lead our families well. A rested heart is ready for battle. We think we have to do it all. We think we have to be everything, do everything. And we just, it, we're gonna get burned out. We're gonna feel troubled. We're gonna feel like we can't do it. We're not good enough. A rested heart is ready for battle. A rested heart can see and hear the voice of God clearly. A rested heart can follow the Holy Spirit because we're close to him. We're rested, we're in him. And you know, the Israelites on the other side of the river, they had to work 
for, for things to produce in our life. When we're resting well in him, the Holy Spirit will work right through you. That's the truth. Number three, in order really to dwell on the other side is that ladies, we're all in. I have decided I am all in, all in with God's word. I'm all in with what he says. I'm all in with what he tells me to do. We have to be all in. We can't, we've got to make up our minds. We're either in or we're not. We can't be back and forth. I don't know about you, but I want to be all in. In order to truly dwell on the other side of the river, we got to be all in. He gave it all to you on the cross. He tore the veil, the sin that separated you from him. Come on, he died and purchased on the cross so that we may be saved, delivered, and close with him again. So it's time that we're all in. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed. His word is his word. I'm going to follow his word. What his word says I have, I'm going to have it all. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I want to be all in. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll speak where you want me to speak. We'll lead your, our families, God, where you've called us to lead, but I want to be all in. And in Luke twenty two fifty four, this is where um, Jesus was arrested. He was about to go and, and, and go die and be crucified. And here, one of his disciples, it said, um, so they, they arrested Jesus. They led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. I want to, he followed at a distance. This was Jesus's disciple. And I want to be all in. I don't want the unknown to keep me from fully following him. I don't want the unknown, something comes up. I don't want the unknown and not really, I, I just don't want that to keep me away from him. So Peter was a close disciple, but when something happened that he wasn't sure about, he followed at a distance. I want to be all in for what God has for me to be. Going all in, in in 2020 means when we heard God, uh, oh, I have to, I want to share uh, this real part. Some of you guys know our story of how uh, my husband and I came here. I, I actually grew up in, um, those of you that don't me, I grew up here in Iowa. And at 18, the Lord called me out to Arizona. And um, I won't get into it for time, but um, but I, my husband and I, uh, we got married and got a call to, to serve Jesus. And we knew one day that we were going to plant a church after many of years, we were part of awesome churches, learning and growing. And then in 2020 in the fall, the Lord spoke to us and, um, he said, it's time to start praying, uh, for the church I've called you to plant. And at that point, my husband's from Vegas. I grew up in Iowa. We met in Arizona. And at that point, we had actually been in Arizona and Florida serving on church staff as a staff there. And we just really had a heart, you know, wherever God you've called us to do, we're going to do that. And so in the fall, we prayed and fasted and it was neat. A year prior to that, the Lord showed my husband that we, he, he said Iowa, so my hometown. And he's like, okay, Lord, we'll, we'll just pray about that. So it took him a year to pray about that. No. <laughs> And then <clears throat> that fall, I really had a heart. I'm like, it's time to pray for where God's called us. And, and then the Lord spoke to me, Mason City, Iowa. So it confirmed what the Lord showed Brian. So then we're prepping, praying. Um, and then we were going to move. And we did move in April. And what happened? 2020, the whole world shuts down. The day we, like, we packed up our truck. And it's the 10-day don't, don't drive, don't do anything. No one knew what was going on. And we're like, we sold our house. We had, you know, first off, we're coming to Iowa with no team, him and I and our kids coming here. And, you know, just that's, God said to go. So we're going to follow his leading and the whole world shuts down. So we can't even, and, you know, my husband, he, he went to ASU 
And he's, he's smart. He's very smart. And um, so he had like this great degree from there and went into ministry. It's awesome. Um, but so here he's like calling to get hired because we don't have a job. We're just coming out here in the unknown. Everything's shut down. And um, there's some businesses that were like, we would hire you, but like, we just can't because businesses shut. They didn't know what was going on. So we, you know, we loaded up our three kids and we're like, we're here to start a church and nothing's open. And my husband can't even get a job and praise God. But do you know what it means to live on the other side? I'm all in. I'm going to go where you've called us to go. Being seeking him first, you get to hear his voice and be led by him. It's a beautiful, faithful life, but we've got to be all in. And then within months, I mean, things, he just, this, and then we're here three years later with a phenomenal team that he went above and all we could ask. And, and so really living on the other side of the river means we're going all in with my family. I want you. So just like, um, Joshua said, or the the Lord said, I'm going to lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you on the other side of the river and go all in with his word, with his voice following after him. And lastly, number four, it says, when we're living on the other side of the river, I want you to know that you are fully equipped to live the life that God has called you to. We cannot be like the Israelites in bondage and fear. We cannot have that slave mentality. I'm not good enough. I can't do it, Lord. I can't hear your voice like sister so-and-so. We have to get rid of that mentality. We have to understand that God has fully equipped you to do what he's called you to do, to be who he's called you to be, to lead how he's called you to lead. We are fully equipped. Everything we have is in him. Everything we have is in him. And when we're, when we are living, you know, I find if you're living like a displeased life or if you're not satisfied in your life, I really, it's because you're living for yourself. We weren't, we're made in the image of God. We weren't created for us to be like, I got to be served. I have to have everything right. Why Martha, you know, Martha, 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 Mary's not doing anything. Like it's really when you're, when we're just living that dissatisfied life or nothing, it's because we're not living, we're not laying down our lives. We're, we're called to serve. We're called, we, he's equipped us with everything we need to, to live the life he's called us to live in. And ladies, I know that come to our church, I'm sure that if you're at other churches too, you have what are called um, city gr- or small groups. We have them called at city groups. I want to encourage you, with, step outside, start, start leading a group, get involved in groups, start living, not to just satisfy yourself or everything's wrong, I can't do this. Get out of your comfort zone because as you're leading, that's what's going to bring joy and fulfillment. So we want to get around every people. He's called you to lead. He's called you to lay down for his kingdom. And in Matthew uh, 9.35, Matthew 9.35, that's one I don't have in my notes. I love this. It says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We have to understand when we're dwelling on the other side of the river, we have to know we are equipped to go out and, and go out and serve others, go out and lead. There, the, uh, Jesus says that the harvest is ripe. But we got to get up off our seats and start, stop looking at ourselves and going out and reaching other people. 
that is where true fulfillment will come in. And I love this, in chapter 10, it says this, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. The thing that stands out there for me is that he called his disciples to him. So first he's saying, Jesus was moved with compassion. Like, hey, there's a whole world up. Like, like, let's get up. We're called, we're made in the image of God. He's given you authority. He's given you dominion to get out there. Go love on some people. Come on, go, go encourage somebody. But first I love, the, so he said the harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. Then he called his disciples to himself first. So there's that first thing first. We're called to come sit at his feet. And then we're called not just to stay there, but we're called to be sent out. He has called us. He has equipped us. He has chosen us to be sent out into our workplaces, to be sent out into our households and our families. I'm telling you, that's where you're going to be the most fulfilled is when we get our eyes off of ourselves and we start serving as he has called us to be. You are an answer to somebody else's problem because the king of kings lives on the inside of you. But I love what he did with the disciples. First, he called them to himself. Then he he sent them out. So we have to realize that we have, uh, we have a, um, the, he's given us the ability to do what he's called us to do. I love that. So we're going to be, um, I want to get into some teaching here. <clears throat> so living on the other side of the river, we have to know that we're uncommon. You're set apart to do great and mighty things in your homes, in your businesses, in your community. We have to realize first we got to come, we got to sit at his feet, right? To lead well, we got to rest well. When we're rested, we can battle well. And then we've got to understand that he has given us the authority. He's given us dominion. He's given us the power to do what he has called us to do. And I want to share something that absolutely changed my life. And I'm talking about tonight really Going, coming to the other side of the river and really meeting with the one that loves us and created us and living a life, because we all have a lot to do on our plate. We've all, we've, got, um, we've all got a lot that we have to do, but first we've got to get filled up to do what he's called us to do. We're not called to do it alone. We're not called to do it by ourselves. And I want to share about this beautiful gift that the Lord calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because without it, we're going to live dry, and weary and tired, honestly. And when I was 19, I'm gonna share a little bit of my testimony, and then I'm gonna get into a little bit of teaching. I'm doing good on time, I'm timing myself. Um, but when I was 19 years old, so I, I moved at 18 from Mason City to Arizona, not having a clue what in the world I was gonna do with my life. Um, I, I've shared my testimony before, but I joked. It's like my family's like, you, you don't even know how to get around Mason City. You're going to Phoenix? Good, awesome. Um, they didn't say good luck. They just got on their knees and was like, Jesus, she's yours. No, but here I, um, again, I, I've known Jesus since I was a little girl. My, my parents shared about the Lord. I'm so thankful. So again, every time, you, you, the word that you share with your kids, you don't have to do it perfectly. Um, at all. And I, I just, I remember loving Jesus as a little girl. And, um, but there was just, there was more for me. I moved at, so at 18, not knowing who I was, what I was going to do. I moved out to Arizona. My mom found me a great church. 
Um, and at this point I was still like, I was, I had no friends. Um, I came from like a big friends group and around people to like just lost. I, I, again, I joke that I transferred from the Applebee's here to the Applebee's in Arizona. That's not a thing. It just made me feel smart. Um, no, or not. Um, but I, I just, I really just went out to go do not. I love, again, nothing against waitressing. I loved waitressing. Um, but so I went there and I, I called my mom up and I just extremely lonely, wanting 19 at this point, wanting to come back home. I've shared this testimony before because it's just awesome, but there's actually more to that story I haven't shared yet. Call my mom. I'm like, mom, I want to come back home. I'm lonely. I can't meet friends. I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. Why did I move out here? And, and her words, she said, Jenna, are you going to church? Are you, um, are you eating healthy? Are you working out? All these things. And, and are you praying? Are you doing this? And I'm like, no. She goes, do all that, and then you can call me back. Uh, that was the best advice anybody could ever give me because she taught me that. I, she's like, honey, I can't be that for you. You got to find it in Jesus. It changed my life forever. Another thing she told me, she goes, you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what? You know, but the thing is, is I remember my mom, it's another word for praying in tongues. I'm going for it tonight, ladies. I want to, I really want to share God's word over you. Um, but, and I don't, and I really, you know, again, I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord, but if we're going to live on the, we come, he died on the cross so that we could live, be like, we, I want the fullness of what God has for us. That's why when I said I'm going all in, because I'm black, if it's in his word, I want it. That, I'm sorry, if you want your life to change, if it's in his word, we've got to want it. I don't care what the culture tells me. Come on, if it's in his word, I desire it. That's just who I, like, I, I have to. I don't care what, and I want to share this because God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can be empowered to live the, God, the life that God has called you to. And, um, and there's just, we go from glory to glory. There's so much of God that we get to unpack. And I want to release that over you ladies tonight. And so my mom shared about that gift. I'm telling you, my life was never the same. My life, I'm not saying I have not gone through hard stuff, but without praying in the Holy Spirit, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't know how I would have gotten through what I would have gotten through. It will take, maybe you're a Christian in here and you're saying my life is dry. Come on, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will make you have wells of living water flow out of you. It will help you be the mom that you're called to be. So I, um, so she prayed with me, I received it. And um, I wanna share some scripture here with you. We're going to go to Acts 1-4. We're going to get some teaching. I've got time here. We're going to get some teaching here. Um, I know it's probably up on the screen. It's beating me. All right. We're going to go to Acts 1. 1-4. And being assembled together. So this is after Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the grave. And he, he's appearing to his disciples. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promises of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. If he told the disciples to wait for the promise, come on, I want that promise. If it was important that Jesus said, I don't want you going anywhere until you've received the promise, I want that promise. 
In verse 8 it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Ladies, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to homeschool my three kids. Come on. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. That's what the word of God says. We're gonna go to chapter two, verse one. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with all one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In verse 14, but Peter, remember the one that stood at a distance? Come on, that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit will do in your life. He's going to give you a boldness like never before. He's going to give you a, a greater authority like never before. But Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's the only the third hour of the day. So it's okay if it's like, I don't understand what that is. It's like they thought they were drunk. So... It's in the word, it's okay. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men, my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Come on. That's his promises. We, he wants us to be equipped. He wants us to be empowered. And that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have the worship team come up as I, I have a few more scriptures. Come on, I know the Holy Spirit's going to work in you tonight. But I'm all about getting the word in there. I want you to see it for yourselves. If you have not, we're getting in the word together tonight. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4. It says, um, you know, I'm going to go over two things real quick. Praying in the spirit edifies you. So here's the benefits of praying in the spirit. It edifies you. It builds you up. I don't know about you, but I need some building up in my days. Come on, depression and oppression can't stay. When you're praying, I, like, I was going to show this to the, I'm going to show this. Where I, I've had, I've had um, years where I've walked through um, I had, you know, I dealt with some heavy, it was spiritual warfare for sure. But I, so I'm not saying things, it's like everything's perfect. Man, we've got the tools to war, war, like to war, war warfare. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has brought and has lifted depression off my life and have given me a joy like never before. But praying in the spirit in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, <clears throat> it says, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. And here, this, this is a whole scripture to unpack, but Paul was talking about when, you know, when to use these gifts and what was appropriate for that setting. But the whole point here is tongues edifies you. I don't know about you. I need edifying in my life. That's why I was at 19. I was lost. I was broken. I didn't know who I was. I was saved. I knew Jesus as my savior. But my mom's like, honey, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and, and just as praying in the spirit, it built me up. It put a fire on the inside of me. And then um, I love, after, if, you, if you study out this in, in Corinthians 14, it does, I love that he says that you can pray in the spirit. You can sing in the spirit. And then Paul goes, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Paul was a crazy, awesome, on fire disciple for Jesus. He was an apostle. I love him. I thank God, my God, I speak it with tongues more than you all. Jude 20 says, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God. So praying in the, maybe you're a Christian. You're like, I've never prayed in tongues before. Come on, it's gonna revive your prayer life, I promise you. It will revive your prayer life. You know, you can only pray so long in English. Come on, it will revive your prayer life. I love in Romans 8, 26, it says when we don't know what to pray for, come on, you can only pray for English. He wants to revive your hearts. When I don't know what to pray for, when I pray in the spirit, it says that he, he's praying on my behalf, his perfect will. So when you don't know what to pray for your kids, when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying his perfect will. That's a huge thing. When I don't know what to pray for, if I pray in the spirit, I know that it's lining up with his will. Another thing, number two, I'm gonna have them play behind me as I finish out here. Praying in the spirit will empower you. It says, you know, Peter went from following Jesus, I mentioned that at a distance, to a bold disciple of Jesus. Acts 4, uh, 13, it says, now when they saw the boldness of people, Peter went from following at a distance in the unknown, but it says when they saw the boldness of Peter, this was after they got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and John, it perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, hallelujah. You don't have to be educated and know it all. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Woo! Come on, when I'm praying in the Spirit, it's training me to be the mom that I've called to be because I'm resting in Him. I'm letting Him pray through me and for my family. It said that they were uneducated, untrained men. Come on, He wants to drop business's idea like never before. They perceived they were uneducated, untrained men and they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. You know, I saw a major, so when we're praying in the spirit, authority, boldness will rise up within you. So not only does it edify you, come on ladies, we need to be built up. The culture can't do it for us. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your awesome sister sitting next to you can't be the one that can only build you up. We have to do it. We've got to, the Holy Spirit will, will pour out like a river on the inside of you. Come on, the alcohol can't fill you up. I'm telling you, it is the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you that will build you up. I can't tell you to live on the other side of the river and not lead you to Jesus, the one that saved you, that set you free. And I can't tell you about the power of the Holy Spirit that will awaken you like never before. We need that in our homes. Come on, we need His presence in this city. We need the power of the Holy Spirit working through our lives. We were called to be uncommon. I don't want what's common. I want lives to be changed. Jesus said that he was moved with compassion. You're like, I'm not a compassionate person. That's because you need to sit at the feet of Jesus.
Come on, we need to get in His Word. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because God wants to have an awakening in our communities. But it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. And I'm ta- I, I, um, I went to this service, I was 19 years old. I started praying in tongues over the phone with my mom. You know, actually, I, I remember the first time I really, when my mom prayed in the Spirit throughout, as, again, as we were growing up, do it, you guys, your kids, they don't, they're gonna be, they'll know Him. You don't have to mother perfectly. I'm telling you, I've lived, it's just this past year, God has done such a work in my life. So I'm not saying it's a perfect thing, but I, I struggled with perfectionism, like Martha, leading my kids, not feeling good enough. It was, it was hard. But he's, he's, t- he's showing me, rest, Jenna. Rest as you're going about. They're going to see as you're praying, as you're asking for forgiveness. As you guys are working through life, they're going to see. And I remember, I just, I remember, I'm like, I look at my own life too. I know my parents know they weren't, they didn't do everything perfectly. But I remember how much my mom told me Jesus loved me. I wasn't afraid of, or I wasn't ashamed. And I did some shameful things. But I knew when to run to my father because my mom always told me, no matter what, you can call upon his name, Jenna. Jesus loves you. And then I remember her praying in the spirit. So when I, it came, you know, maybe I would have been great if I was a little bit younger, but that's okay. Come on, at 19, it wrecked my life. And it does, so again, it's never too late, moms. If you feel like I lived in such regret, I'm not doing this right. I should have taught my kids this sooner. I should have done that. It's just, we gotta, shame cannot come with us on this other side of the river. They'll see you praying in the spirit. And they're gonna grow up and saying, once it comes awakened on the inside of them, who knows when that will be, but it will be. And they're gonna say, I remember my mom praying in the Holy Ghost. And it didn't scare me, it wasn't weird, it brought peace to my home. Because when I was 19, when she said, oh, remember, you need to pray in the spirit. I was like, bring it on. I need whatever I got, let's go. I need it in my life at 19. But I remember this, my brother, when I was in high, uh, elementary, he was at my dad's businesses. He was up top and playing in like this like uh, storage center was an office, um, big unit place. Um, and he fell through the ceiling. My mom gets a phone call and says, your son fell through the ceiling, through pipes, fell down on the floor. And I remember getting in that car and I remember her praying in tongues. And I just remember the peace of God came in that car and she went, she didn't know what to pray for. Her son, she just got news that she started praying in the spirit. And, and we show up and he gets taken, you know, he, um, he didn't have one broken bone. Not one broken bone, come on. So I remember her praying in the spirit. And I, I just want all of us to stand up right now. He wants to empower you tonight. You don't know what to pray for. Come on, you you pray in the spirit. You pray, people call it the prayer language. They call it the gift of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. And I can't leave here tonight without sharing that precious gift with you. But first I want to share you the gift of salvation. His name is Jesus. You know, and we're gonna have, there's such delicious food, but there's food from heaven right now that wants to fill your lives. Come on. And if you are in this room, you know, maybe this message is new for you. That's okay. 
Jesus is so good and he's so loving and he's so kind. You know, maybe you're in this room and you're like, I've never received the salvation of Jesus. I, I don't even, I don't know if I would die tonight. You know, I don't know if I'd be spending eternity with him. I, I don't even know, but he wants to meet you right now so that you know that you know. Again, like I said in the beginning, it's that he, God created you. He created you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He wants, to, he wants you to know him and he wants to know you. But he's so good, he doesn't force us. We get to make our own choices. That's actually, that's an awesome God. He doesn't, for, but he's there for you right now. And so if we, let's close our eyes. If you're in this room tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord of your life, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. He loves you, he's for you, he created you, he called you. No one's gonna look around. It's just between you and Jesus. If you've never met Jesus tonight and you're saying, I, I want to experience him, I want to live a life for Jesus, with Jesus. Sin separate us. And that's why Jesus came to pay a, 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 pen, a price that we couldn't pay on our own. He died on the cross so that we could not be separated from him. And with eyes closed, I want, if that's you tonight, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to just raise up your hand. Raise your hand in this place. If you've never received Jesus and you wanna give your life to him, thank you, Father, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for every woman here, God. Thank you, Jesus. You just could repeat after me. If, if you're sitting there and your heart's racing, you're like, I need Jesus in my life. I'm tired of doing it in my own strength. We're gonna, we're gonna say this prayer together. We're saying, Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin, for my shame, for my sickness. I thank you and I ask to come alive on the inside of me. I receive salvation. I receive your life that you lay down for me to have. In Jesus' name. We trust this message encourages you in faith and in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about River City Church, find us on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co.